0: practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box.
1: Imagine yourself a successful, driven businesswoman who is sitting in a doctor's office waiting to find out what the heck is going on with your vision. And instead of coming back with something simple, you get a life-changing diagnosis. What would you do? And more importantly, how would you feel? Stay tuned because that's just one of the things we're going to learn in today's episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about helping action takers and decision makers like you align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life while remaining heart-centered. Hi, I'm Sarah from Sarah Box Coaching and Consulting, where I help nonprofit executives and other people who have big dreams, who are also overextended at work and home, to regain time, reduce stress, and work strategically so they can live a life they love at work and at home. And our guest today is gonna be able to share quite a bit about that with us all. It is my honor to introduce you to our podcast guest, Chrissy Simeonakis, hailing from the land of down under, and I have to say, Chrissy, Americans have a fondness for Australians. Chrissy is no stranger to the States though, Um, having lived and worked in Massachusetts and New Hampshire is her second home. Chrissy is a writer, creative, author and teacher um, among many other things and she's also the founder and managing director of creative little soul but get this she founded that organization in 2013 on the heels of her medical diagnosis which i'm going to have her talk to you about she describes herself as very relatable very driven very motivated and in our pre-chat i learned she's extremely organized so (laughs) i know i'm going to have a fondness for our conversation (laughs) But despite what happens, she always looks for ways to keep going. We call that persistence. And she has proved to herself and her clients over the past seven years that she can make it happen. She has a quote that I just really um, resonated with because she says she believes that everyone is creative, that they can do anything they put their mind to and even small things and practices. And changes can lead to the big things, just one step after the other. So in this episode, you're going to hear how Chrissy balances business and a chronic illness, how she lives and practices her brand mantras and what mantras are for a brand, and what it's been like for her during this year of the pandemic, with family living on two different continents. We'll learn what motivates her on those days when her conditions flare up, how she works with an international team and kept them all employed throughout the pandemic, and what tips she has for keeping us focused on our goals, no matter what or how steep the climb may look. So now let's welcome our guest, Chrissy Simeonakis. Hi, Chrissy. I'd love to start off with a question we ask all of our guests. And I'm curious, Chrissy, is there one non-negotiable ritual or habit you do every day to keep you headed towards your big vision?
2: Yeah absolutely so for me it starts first thing in the morning so when I jump into this shower I'm really big on aromatherapy and I like to use different oils that will start to spark my creativity so ones for me are uh, lemongrass is really zesty and there's a lot of pep there Uh, peppermint as well. Like it's as good as taking, you know, four or five coffees. Um, And then I also start to journal. So I do my morning pages, have a coffee, and then I can start the day. How long does all that take you? Uh, Probably like 30 minutes, not long. Oh, you're very efficient. (laughs) I'm very regimented. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Uh, fair enough. So
1: Tell us a little bit about your journey. So eight years ago, you did not have a diagnosis that changed your life. So tell us what the diagnosis was and mm-hmm. what you were doing right before you got that diagnosis. What was your life like?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I had just turned 30. So, you know, I was in my prime. I felt like, you know, everything was really starting to happen. Um, I was working in, you know, probably one of my dream jobs, I thought, um, as the, you know, director of marketing and events for a big hospitality hotel group. And I was just living my best life. And then, you know, I was working a lot of hours, as you do when you're in a successful new position, and I was just getting starting to get tired and felt run down, but the hours I kept, because it was in the entertainment industry, were late nights, and, you know, you'd be back the next morning, and... Yeah, there were just a few things looking back now that were very clearly warning signs. Well, um, so, let me ask, when
1: you say, you know, you'd work at night and come back the next morning, what was a typical work week like for you in terms of hours? Uh, although I know uh, hospitality goes up and down.
2: but Yes, yeah, so probably um, like a minimum 70 to 80. And, you know, I would work from 8 in the morning to maybe 3 in the morning, go home, Um, maybe have four or five hours sleep be back again and it was that rinse repeat kind of uh, schedule so nowhere near enough sleep and but that's you know coffee Red Bull you just did it because that's what you you had to do got it and yeah and yeah
1: so tell us about the morning when kind of your whole life flipped what happened
2: yeah so A few days prior, I had some really terrible headaches and I was just told they were probably just migraines and, you know, just, you know, take it easy. And then the morning I woke up and had a shower getting ready to go to work and coming out of the bathroom, I noticed my vision in my right eye was like one of those nor'easters, those snowstorms, and it was just complete whiteout. And I was like, nah, something's wrong. So I went to the hospital and, you know, they checked to see if I'd had a stroke, if I had had an embolism, something happened. And then I went and the ophthalmologist um, took a look in my eyes and very nonchalantly says, oh, you have MS. I'm like, what do you mean I have MS? Like, you're looking at my eyes. How how do you know this? And, and sure enough, she was correct. So you know, after having more scans, a lumbar puncture, and then the MRIs, which showed up, I certainly received a diagnosis of relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis. And that's kind of when everything changed.
1: So give us the layman's version of what does that mean. People for the most part are familiar with the name, but maybe not the disease and what it's like to live with the chronic illness of it.
2: Sure. So it's um, a neurological um, condition and a disease. Uh, It's essentially your own body. Uh, Your immune system is attacking itself. So it doesn't realize that there's, you know, a cell or something off. And depending on how the MS appears in your body. It can attack your brain, it can attack your spinal cord, and then depending on where it places these plaques or these lesions, that can then have effects with speech, vision, mobility, walking, talking. But it's very different for everybody. Like I have some great people that I've connected with who have MS and whilst we do have similarities it's not the exact same nor does it present the same in in people. So you cannot easily make a generalization. Not at all. And it's an invisible illness, right? So I don't see in in my right eye at all. But I don't wear an eye patch or anything. My eye still looks fine, but You know, there'll be days where I can't walk properly or I can't speak properly, but on the exterior, if you didn't know me or you hadn't seen these for some time, well, I just look the same.
1: First of all, it would be a devastating diagnosis, especially when you thought you maybe had a migraine, right? Or some Mm -hmm. issue with your eye. And then to find out you actually have a serious chronic condition. What were the first changes you had to make to your personal life? You know, for your to support your health and well-being.
2: Yeah. So often it's assumed, or you know, in in past experiences with people. Um, optic neuritis, which is what they class the vision loss as, they expect that it will come back. So through the process, I was actually given hope that my vision may return, but that's not the case for me. Like, it's permanently damaged. So I was along the way holding out hope that it would be something that would just pass and then return. But then once I got that affirmative that it wasn't returning, I actually went into, like, serious grief and loss and depression and then there's also a chance that if it's happened you know in one eye it can happen you're at a 50% chance of it happening in the other eye and I had a really a really straight up conversation with my neurologist at the time who was not a sugar coder when maybe I needed one and he just said to me if you do not change your lifestyle you know, the late nights, the partying, the, you know, trying to burn the candle at all the ends. He's like, you're going to fast track yourself and put yourself into a wheelchair in the next three to four years. And I just went, whoa, okay. And I think for me that was a real reality check. And I was like, okay, life is short. I'm now going to take matters into my own hands and I'm going to go and start my own business. (laughs) So I just... (laughs) First of all, sometimes
1: we need people to tell us the hard truth, right? Otherwise, you, it, even though you were in a space of grief and all that, it's good for someone to say, look, you might think you're gonna be able to outdo this, right, mm-hmm. but you've gotta make some changes, you know? And that yep. included your work, you know, that's your yes. 80 hours. But I'm not sure people's first thing was, wow, well, let me start a business, right? That's a big, hi, hi. that's big, right? how did you know what you wanted to do? What was your motivation, I guess, for it? Like, did you yeah. have a vision for your business or where did you start with that?
2: Yeah. So I kind of, it was kind of always a bit of a side hustle for me. So even though I was working full time and working all these crazy hours, I always get approached by friends or family. Hey, you're a great writer. Can you do this for me? Uh, I need to pick your brain. And I was like, I really should be charging for this. And then I, you know, tested the waters a little and then did. And then when I left and I was working in quite a toxic workplace and there wasn't really an understanding that I now had this, you know, this illness and life to navigate. Um, The workplace weren't so supportive, even though I had the leave owed to me. And I was just like, I don't really want to be a part of something that isn't on my team and if I'm putting all of these hours in for someone well it should be me and I should reap the benefits so I was like okay I'm just gonna see what happens I was very fortunate that I had networked quite well I had made a little bit of a name for myself in you know being uh, a quick worker the quality of my work was good and a lot of my business came via word of mouth um, and even now, it still comes via word of mouth. We joke, like, we're a marketing agency that really spends a little market. marketing. Yeah, <laughs> but we do. We help you, but we don't marketing. need to. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So, so, okay, so you make this decision, but... Did you start out with a team? Because you noted that you really came from pretty humble beginnings, right? So I'm guessing you didn't say I've got a bankroll here to start this international firm, right?
2: I had zero money. So I basically had... Two week, like two weeks of a wage, um, very little savings, and I just went for it. And I had, and I think sometimes that's the best way, right? Because you have no option to fail, because you have to make it work so you can live, so you can eat. And I did have a great support network, but it was, you know, a one-woman show. And then I had a few of the girls that used to work for me at my old job, come and help me on weekends just to get me going and give them a little bit of extra money. And then I cried a lot in the first year and really questioned myself and was I going to be eating, you know, ramen noodles for the rest of my life or breakfast cereal for dinner? Like it was hard. Yeah, and I'm only
1: laughing because you're exactly right. Like you (laughs) go, you're thinking, am I nuts? Do I quit? Do I do something different? Do I just keep pushing? Because in your heart, though, you know people like your work.
2: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing was I needed to believe in myself. I needed to know my own worth. And I needed to not feel bad for charging people. And that's something I still struggle with today. So let's uh, talk
1: about that. Cause I if you're willing to talk a little bit about yeah. business, I think that is a common, um, that's a common struggle, right? Like, okay, someone knows you in one way and maybe they're friends. And they say, Well, could you just do this for me? It's so easy for you, right? Yes Chrissy, you're so good at writing. Could you just pop that out? And there's that just like, but that's my business. How did you get over that hump or that discomfort? Did you just Did you have help doing that or did you just go, I'm going to pretend it doesn't bug me? What would you
2: do? Uh, It did bug me and it does still today. Um, I think the better my friends and family were, they actually saw my value. So therefore they weren't the ones that were asking me to work for free. I do a bit of stuff with my dad and my brother and their businesses. And I think if I can do it and it is only like a a quick little second thing, I won't charge them. But if it involves my team members or my staff, then they have to pay. I have a rate that's a reduced friends and family rate so I can still look after people. But sometimes I very clearly, I just have to have the conversation at the beginning as, look, you know, totally willing and able to help you. However, it's going to take this amount of my time. We just set very clear parameters. So then we're not jeopardizing a friendship or a relationship or what have you. And when it's in black and white, I think then people go, oh, I totally wasn't even expecting you to do it for nothing. Like, yeah, it just clears everything up.
1: You know, really, I think it's one of those things that we forget well, it's us, you know, when you send people stuff. And I've done that before on projects. It's like, here's my proposal. That's perfect, thanks. Could you just mm-hmm. send us an invoice? We'll prepay. And I'm thinking, okay. But I think it's in our own head. Not, yeah, it is. You know, it's, sometimes we can be our own worst enemies. Yeah, for sure. So you, you had your friends come and start with you. Now, that's huge. You've gone from zero money and starting up on a shoestring to now having you know, clients around the world, staff that work, not with you physically, right? In different places. How did you grow your team?
2: Um, I think it got to a point where I was like, okay, I could no longer do all of this by myself anymore. So it came gradually. When you start a business and it's your baby, it's really hard to delegate. And that was something that I was challenged with. And even today, like there are certain parts and facets of our business that I still like to oversee or still have my fingers in the pie. But it it just came with okay, I'm getting overwhelmed now. I need to, to bring somebody else in. Or I don't want to work seven days a week because this is not why I went into business. It was to kind of avoid that. Or, you know, sometimes um, again, my health would be the catalyst and that warning sign. And I would I was starting to get into a pattern of work, 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 burnout. But this time my body's not so forgiving. So, you know, this time I might start to have problems with my speech because MS's biggest uh, public enemy, number one, if you will, is actually stress. So they don't coexist well. So I had all these little warning signs going, girl, what are you doing? Like, do you want that wheelchair? Do you want to fast track? So I think that very much was okay, you need to get more people now. And then I think probably at year four, we I had to have a look and say, do I want to keep my business here where it is or do I want to grow my business? Obviously, I wanted to grow. And then I needed to say, well, in order to grow your business, I need to remove myself from working in the business to work on the business. And then that was the next the next level and step in order to do that. Well, I need to bring more people in that I trust and I can train to do the things to my level, or even if they're not to my level, that's okay. And yeah, they just came from there.
1: So that's interesting because you brought people in based on, you said people I could trust. So my sense is, how did you know you could trust them? Was there something about them
2: or what? Yeah, I feel like it's a feeling. Like I, I feel like I'm very gut-driven. Um, sometimes good and bad. Like I'm I'm quite impulsive as well. And I'll be like, nope, this is like my, you know, the truth. I need to do this. Uh authentic self, probably not always the best thing to do, but I, I feel like my intuition is telling me to do this. And nine times out of ten, it does usually pay off. But I also felt that the person and the personality, if they were right, I could teach them the skills and therefore I could set my standards um, and impart our way of doing things with them. um, And then we could maintain that level of consistency. It lets you build a culture that aligns with
1: your own values, right? And what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big realization to say, I I no longer should be working in the business or right? But I need to be working on the business. Was that another kind of turning point for you um, in your own mental growth?
2: Yeah, it was. And I I had to take a business loan uh, for being able to be able to do that. Uh, so I had to instill and it's really hard as a small business to find a traditional lender to lend you money because particularly in a a creative space they see you as oh flaky creatives where in fact it's just a matter of well no we do have the stability we do have the growth But just in their eyes, we weren't traditional and it was a new space. So I was very fortunate that here in Australia, there are lenders who particularly work with small businesses and with creative industry. And I've now since, in the past five years, I've now you know, paid off three loans and then I take another one. Anytime I need that little bit of breathing room, and we're not talking big amounts of money here, we're talking like five thousand to ten thousand dollars. You're talking kind just, of like
1: bridge money, right? To get from one place yes. to the next, yeah.
2: Yeah, and it and it's just the wriggle room. Like if all of my clients were packed to pay all of their invoices on the same day at the same time, well it would be fine. But it doesn't happen like that. But so this this little pocket of loan is just so that then I can go and have meetings for four days somewhere else in Australia or, you know, jump on back-to-back Zoom calls over to the UK and the US. Um, it just gives me the opportunity to put more staff in to fill the void where I can't be. Yep.
1: That's extremely cool. So, you know, you've done some award-winning work, right? I would say one of the awards is hanging in there long enough so you could experience (laughs) your own success right a lot of especially around that three-year mark a lot of people
2: give up yeah so we do a lot of work for the creative industry so a lot of musicians and artists Um, We also do a lot of work and I I would say we have a very strong foothold in the hospitality industry, so restaurants, bars, hotels, nightclubs and that's where we've really succeeded um, as an agency and all of our clients always win awards, like they clean sweep. Um, Any best restaurants, best accommodation, the lot, we always clean up and we're pretty well known for that, so everyone will often say to me, hey, have you started working with so-and-so? And I was like, why do you think that? And i like, oh, we you just know got, got, got best stuff." We're like, it's got your name all over it. Like the level went from here to, to the top very quickly. And I said, oh, okay, yes, we have. Thank you. So, yes. Yeah.
1: What great validation that people can recognize your work by the results you're getting. Right? My brother,
2: he's he, my youngest brother. He can tell straight away from when we start looking after someone's Instagram, he goes, "Up, oh, the bar is lifted. Yeah, it's you. And it's different language and imagery for everyone. It's not cookie cutter. But I think just because we set such a high benchmark, people can very quickly know, okay, yeah, it's, it's creative or soul
0: of feeling stuck and ending with the same result? Want to know how Sarah can help you with one-on-one or organizational coaching? Then book your free discovery call at sarahbox.com forward slash contact. Now back to the show.
1: So when you're working with someone or someone's thinking about asking you, you know, coming on board with you, what are the misconceptions about the power of a platform when done well, or what are the? And I guess the flip of that would be, what are some of the common objections you hear people ha- say about? Well, I don't know if it's worth X, Y, and Z to work with. Yeah, a little soul.
2: Yeah, so I think for us, whenever somebody approaches us, we actually vet them as much as they vet us. So it's a two-way negotiation and a relationship and a partnership. So you don't just get to work with us, we have to see, you know, who you are, you know, do you have, do you pay your bills? Do you have a good reputation online? So we, we vet all of that. It's pretty stringent uh, uh, criteria. Uh, we really, and I, I know one of my whys is in order for us to work together, we have to have a genuine connection. So I really need to be invested in what it is that you're doing in order for me to then be able to represent and help you. So I think that's a big box that needs to be ticked. I also think that we may not, and we aren't often the right fit for everybody. Like we're pretty, you know, big, brash, bold, colourful. We take people outside of their comfort zones, but we're there to make the money. We're there to make them, you know, achieve those results and get those returns. And you know, if you if you're happy just being average, well, that's okay. Like we don't we don't need everyone. And not everybody always wants to succeed to a high level, and that's okay. But if you want to step it up a notch, well, then let me take you there. But we do it our way, and that's going to get maybe a little bit uncomfortable sometimes. But you need to trust the process. And the people that we've worked with, we've worked for many years now, and they become a part of our family, and they're the ones that are like, you haven't sent me your invoice yet you deserve to get paid. Send me your invoice. Or I've had clients that I've worked with for years and they've had a, um, a really great year revenue-wise in their business. And they're like, we've given all of our staff members a pay rise. Please increase your rate now because we you are part of our team. Therefore, we want to reward you. And that's very uncommon. So, But it shows we're ingrained now in, as part of their family. Well, and it also shows you're delivering high value,
1: right? It's not just an obligation to pay you. It's that it's important to them that you feel
2: that you're part of the family. Yeah, absolutely. And we do. And we do. How big is your team now? Uh, So we have 14 um, and they are absolutely amazing. Um, It's very much a great tight-knit community everyone says good morning everyone has a like the buddy system so whenever anyone starts to come to work for us they're buddied up with somebody in that skill set and department Um, you know on a Friday afternoon everyone jumps on depending on time differences and it's a have a great weekend what are you up to what are you doing I had one of my staff members pop something up last night about me on LinkedIn at saying that she really enjoyed, you know, feeling a part of the team and valued and she, I didn't see she had posted it because she didn't tag me, but I found it and I was like, girl, you made me cry. Like it it just kind of was really nice to feel, you know, we spend all day every day with these people and to see them say something so nice is really touching because all of those moments in the past where, you question yourself whether you have the bad day and you don't want to get up and show up to work because you're in pain. It kind of just says, oh, I made a right decision and I have great people in my corner who do amazing things for our clients and I'm, I'm glad I'm here now where I am, even in a COVID year because it's, it's worth it. So have you, now
1: everybody's working remote Yes. So when you say they hop on, what platform are you hopping on?
2: So generally it will be Zoom so we can kind of all see each other. And there are a lot of working mothers and parents in our group. So the babies come on and the babies talk to the babies or there's a dog. Like we really love it. Kids pop in, husbands say hi. Like it's very inclusive. Um, otherwise we have a group chat and it fires at like a thousand miles. And I mean, it's really quick.
1: Oh, fun. That sounds yeah. really
2: fun. I know. So
1: I, I like that thing. of like, what has COVID made possible for you that might, it might've still been possible. You might not have been moved to do it. So what has
2: COVID made possible for you and your team? covid actually I actually had a nervous breakdown during COVID um, and I thought I knew what a nervous breakdown was in the past but it wasn't I didn't Um, I think I had kind of been sitting on the edge so when COVID came in here in Australia they kind of kind of like brought in some restrictions but then they started to lock us down um, similar to what happened over there and one of the industries that was hit the hardest was the hospitality industry so it was the first industry to close and the la- and it looks like the last one to be brought back and that's probably where 80% of our clients sit and i just remember you know watching it all kind of unfold and it wasn't until my brother who's a chef and there's five chefs in our family messaged me and he's just like we're done for like it's over and I just remember just sobbing. And I was talking to one of my staff on the phone. And I was like, i got to go. like I've got to call you back. And I actually felt my heart break, like it just that grief feeling again. Yep. And I just was really lost and really was just... And then all those feelings of like sadness and anger. And I had a friend pass away in December and we had bushfires over here. Yes. So I just felt it was just... My friend passed away in December and took his own life. who was a great mentor of mine. Then it, was, then it was the bushfires. Then it was COVID. And it was just, okay, my brain now has just gone, nope. And I've just put myself into this cotton wool ball. And I had to call my GP and my doctor and just say to her, I really need help. And my big thing was I'm so used to being busy. And busy is my coping mechanism of not dealing with things and I would just work, work, work. So yeah. (laughs) And then to then be forced into from going a hundred miles an hour to now not knowing what's going to happen and not also not being able to be in control of what's going to happen. My brain just started sending me these really funny messages of if you stop, you will die. Like I didn't even know how to sit on the couch and read a book and do nothing because it was my brain protecting itself Mm -hmm. for then having to deal with all of these feelings and all of this loss and grief and tragedy and whatever. So my doctor was fantastic and she got me in to speak to like a mental health team straight away. They adjusted medications that I was on because they thought there maybe was a little bit of an overlap or things needed to be changed. And I just started speaking to someone and getting the help that I needed. And that was Huge for me, and it was probably something I should have done years ago because I never spoke to anyone about my MS and the grief of going through the vision loss and all of these things. And it actually made me go, okay, maybe, maybe COVID yes, it's terrible and it's a horrible thing and it's affected so many people's lives. But like when I had my MS diagnosis those years ago, well, now this was another time. To change and well I'm responsible for then putting in place things that are going to serve me better and yeah it was a really big wake-up call for me but a good wake-up call for me because it meant I broke up with a few clients who wanted all of my time but didn't want to pay me the money. I um, started to put my health first again and get back into better habits and it's also we started three new businesses during COVID.
1: <laughs> so, so, how are they aligned with your um, marketing and communications work? Or kind are they of different,
2: a little. So, one of them was um, it was Easter, kind of when everyone went into lockdown. So, I have uh, two nieces who are under four, and at Christmas, I wrote them letters from as though I was Santa. And because I have a full design team and creatives, it was like the best thing ever. And I said, hey, the world's a pretty weird place right now for children. Wouldn't it be cool if we could write letters from the Easter bunny or the tooth fairy? So we birthed this company called Letters From and it was parents being able to tell us a little bit about their child. We threw in some colouring sheets and on Easter morning, there were these things, and we did a lot of them for free. Like it wasn't even really to make money; it was just to, you know, that child that childlike wonder is where creativity comes from, and we wanted to keep that happening for kids with for parents who were stressed out, particularly. Um, we did quite a few for parents with special needs children and we did it as a pro bono, and it just felt really good. And then it also distracted my team and myself as well to, hey, let's get back into the creative brain, let's do something that's fun. So we're working on the Christmas ones at the moment, which will be cool. Um, and then another one was because I use so much um, aromatherapy in my life, I have a very talented cousin who's an aromatherapist so she and I created a blend which fall onto our my three pillars of the brand so there's a create and inspire and a motivate blend um which we created together and I use them in my home every day um, but we wanted to then have these to sell and gift. So I gift them to all my clients or I gift them to people when I meet them randomly, like, oh, we have a connection. Here, take my Inspire or use it every day. Um, and then the other one was developing a email marketing solution which combined um, the email marketing and the automation but with our services, which we call Creative Little Solutions. So Creative Little Solutions, Creative Little Sense, and Letters From are our three new ones. Right, under
1: the creative little soul. Cause I wasn't busy enough, right? <laughs> right. I think it's interesting, Chris. you talk about like just the buildup of the of one continual loss after another on top of the loss that you'd had seven years before. Yeah. That was still underlying all of it, right? And that would have been terrifying to feel yourself, lo- you know, like going just yep. off, right? Just yep. terrifying. That's kind of where we are. It's like, who knows what's next? And when you talk about the brush fires for the folks in the States, if you remember, we saw all yes. the video from that coming over from Australia and um, what you call brush fires, we call full out forest fires and yeah. more than a million acres is burning right now in California. I mean, it's huge yeah. and we've got, you know, hurricanes down in the Gulf Coast. So you think about people are dealing with COVID and all this and then employment, all of those things, the loss. Yes talked about your brother and all this. It's difficult, but it's necessary to stay in the right frame. And so how genius that you recognize mm. that as a team and said, we've got
2: to get back to our creative, you know? Yeah. And we actually, I, I feel such a sense of mothering, like I don't have children and that's not for me, but I do have my team and I see them and they're varied in age, some are older than I am, but I still see them as my children um, and even when I'm speaking, I go, "Oh, my kids," because that's that's how I think of them, and I and I look after them. And throughout this whole process, I made a few rules, like unless um, the you know no one was allowed to post any sensationalist news articles or any propaganda or any theory type stuff into any of our team chats. Like it was a safe space, yeah. and you know I didn't want people to. I wanted them to come to work even if it was an online space and just be be able to feel safe and comfortable and have a little bit of love and tenderness so they could for, you know, eight hours or four hours just forget about the world for a minute and just do the things that are in front of them. And I, I think that made a huge um, influence uh, in a positive way for both them and myself. Yeah, and because it gives you a,
1: a respite. Right, it's like for you don't sure. have to take on the world, in fact, you can't, yeah, you know, and to just say, I'm carving out my space and mm-hmm. put a put a moat around yourself, which you did for them, right, so that that was brilliant, you know, I know you talked about I'm so interested in all your side hustle and <laughs> in the beginning and now your your pivots. Are your products available here in the states? will they be available your yeah, sense?
2: we do ship. And I forgot, we launched another product in there as well. Um, We actually created, because, so we created a calendar. So it's like a marketing plan uh, calendar. It's got like all the days of the year that you can talk about. So we have a US version. So it's like post about, you know, Labor Day or Columbus Day, or maybe not that one anymore. Um, But uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and we pop in these cute little like notes like don't wear white after labor day or it's the fourth um but we gave away and we are still giving away a free version um to any businesses that are suffering and just need a little bit of help and they can contact us and we we have a free version for the hospitality sector globally so they can take this planner it tells them like international burger day or today is hot dog day so there's all these little things that they can kind of use on their socials um just to help them start to be empowered to do their own marketing um, but we do ship the oils um globally like anyone can buy them anywhere
1: okay well we're gonna put the links that'll be if they go to your main website are all the That's links
2: right. there
0: Okay.
1: Yes, that's correct. So all of that will be in the show notes, um, and I'll be checking it out because I'm an essential oil person. Um, uh, we'll I'm not as knowledgeable as are. you. Yeah, I'm not as knowledgeable, but I know what works for me. You know, yep. and I know that's like I'm going, oh that, oh yeah, that's great. So I'm gonna um,
2: send you some. You're gonna love them. They're great. All right. and I package them all up. Oh, I cool. actually when I um when I so I write the I write the packages by hand, um, and then I pop them in, and then I also this sounds so funny, but like when I'm sending it, I'm like, okay, I hope like I send it with a little bit of love and intention. I'm like, I hope you enjoy them. Like, and then they go on their way. Like, Oh my God, I we do the similar things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and do you ever have that? Like, because you're such a gut person, I woke up this morning, two mornings in a row thinking about this woman I have not talked to in almost a year. And I yeah. thought, it's odd. She's on my mind. So I sent her an email, right? It's like, yep. hey, I just want you to know I'm thinking about it. Cause I have this sense something's going on with her. I, we're not close friends. It's just one of those things. So I do that too. Like I'll think about someone I know is going through something and I go, okay, this is my intention for them for the day. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I do too. It's powerful. Awesome. I think so. And if, if, and when people receive them, they're like, Oh my God, I got it. And like, often I'll just same thing. Um, I was always taught if somebody crosses your mind, you should definitely reach out to them. And I was taught that too. And I'll just send things at random. Like if I see somebody's had something like, oh, they're having a bad day. Can I find their address without being a stalker? Well, yes, I can. And I'll just randomly send things to people. And for no other reason than I want to do it. Yeah. And actually, I think that's the best reason.
1: You know, it's better than feeling like you have to do it or it's the right business, whatever, right? It's just when it comes from your heart, that whole heart. It's so great. Chrissy, I have to tell you, I'm so inspired by talking to you today and I love your brand pillars. So as we wrap today, I want you to talk about those three pillars again um, and how you use them to stay anchored and focused because they are powerful pillars.
2: They are. And I think they were the ones that came to me at the very beginning and everything we do now has to fit them. So even when we have a team meeting every day, We're like create, so we are are very creative beings, whether we believe it or not, and we have, I think, the power to create the lives we'd love to live. So it can be something as, you know, just start small and then it, you know, becomes a routine or a, a challenge for you. So create is a big one. Inspire, and that's inspiring others but also inspiring yourself uh, and do it for no other reason than you want to and not expect to get anything back in return. Because if you do it for that intention, things will come to you um, and motivate and, and that's motivate yourself, but also do things that will also help to motivate others.
1: I think those are great takeaways for all of us today. So Chrissy, with that, I don't think there's anything else I would ask you with, you know, right now. I have a lot more <laughs> I would ask you, but nothing more right now. So I just really seriously want to thank you for your time. It's morning over there for you. It's the it's end brilliant. of my day over here. And it's just a privilege to talk to you for your spirit, you for having me. what you're doing in the
2: world. It's an absolute pleasure to have spent time with you. Yes. Thank you so much. And when I'm on your coast, I will be looking you up. Please do. Please do.
1: We'll make it. Once you're able to travel, that means yes. the restrictions that other other places have been lifted too. So Absolutely. make it happen. Yeah, for sure. All the okay. best.